Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season two, discuss the future of marketing. Today, I have Lindsay Miller, the CEO of Content Journey, a marketing agency that helps businesses use big business tech approaches to grow their brands. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start off with something that I know means a lot to you, and I think it's the most natural place to start here, uh, which is mental health. So uh, in fact, I don't know if you know this, uh, but you you have that word, mental health, written on your LinkedIn 41 times. So I want to know why, why does it, or what does it mean to you and why does it mean so much? Okay. Well, that's embarrassing. 41 times. Thank you no. um, for that. I think it's, branding. <laughs> it's good branding is what I would call it. I knew you would respond like that, but I, I wanted to highlight it's it's just good branding. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. It is important. I think that, um, especially now it's way more in the public sector where people are talking about their mental health journeys and we're more aware of it and supportive of it. And I think it's a pendulum swing for years of, um, I don't know, feeling like if we were struggling with our mental health or we weren't bouncing back from something that happened in our lives that we were messed up or something was wrong with us, right? Um, and so I think that our culture entirely is kind of going the opposite way, which is wonderful. We all get to talk about it more and support each other at work and home and in our personal relationships. And I, I always wanted to go into mental health work. I ended up um, having a degree in history and working in politics for a little while um, because I was on that parent scholarship and didn't want to change my degree halfway through um, and knew what that meant. And so it was just always a dream that I wanted to have. And so I had the opportunity to go back to school later in life after I was already in marketing and out here as an entrepreneur and in the business world. And uh, received my master's degree in clinical mental health. And one day maybe I'll finish that certification and become a counselor. Um, until then I really leaned into the learning and was able to apply that to my marketing business so that we can focus on mental health and wellness programs from a really authentic, wonderful place, not just a, oh, this is a niche that we can you know, make money in, which is also fine to do, um, no matter in the niche you chose, but I wanted to be able to merge those two parts of my life in a cohesive way. So yeah, 41 times. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, definitely. Uh, I definitely want to dive into that in a second, but I agree. I think the pandemic really brought mental health to the forefront, which I think is great. And at least for me, you know, especially for men, I think is really important because I think you know, we do the whole tough thing. And um, I think a lot of people went through a lot of stuff during the pandemic. So I think it's really good that it kind of brought it to the forefront. Um, I want to tie that a little bit to also your volunteer work. Can you tell us a little bit more about the organizations you're a part of and what it means to you? Yeah. So I mentioned the politics thing. And so I still um, dabble <laughs> in ways there. Um, I no longer make it my profession, but I still try to give my time and money and resources to um, various causes in the political world. And then um, I spent three years serving on a national board of an LGBTQIA plus organization. Um, and the purpose of that was literally just to show love. We would go to parades and we would hug people and with permission um, and uh, just love on people and let them know that there are um, those in 
their lives and their world who may not know them, but still love them and accept them for who they are. And um, that just like altruistic stuff. So I did that for a little while too. Um, And always looking for ways to, I don't know, find worth and give back in that way. Uh, I love that. Um, And obviously all, and and the reason we're talking about is because this does eventually tie to your work. Um, So can we, can you tell us a little bit more about the firm? Yeah. So content journey, um, we are only been around for three years. Um, but I had been working, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. So I've worked with him and his businesses and then worked for some really high tech, uh, industries. So hosting, if you can do like marketing for hosting, I think you can do marketing for anything. Um, honestly, um, (laughs) it's boring and highly technical. Um, but so I was doing that. And there were so many things that I reworked within my role there. And I thought I could do it for um, different industries and smaller businesses than enterprise level. So you didn't have to be a $500 million company to be able to apply some of these things. And also came at it from, and I think hopefully this ties into some of our conversation today that um, people who are listening might find valuable, but wanted to start my agency differently than others. So we didn't want to do a retainer model and came at it very intentionally from a productized service model of how do I create something that is valuable for my work life balance and my teams, but also really valuable for our clients. And so um, that's what content journey is, is we've productized marketing as best we can to still uh, serve and provide value to clients. Yeah, I had a question loaded up for later about the pricing model. So we might as well jump into that for a second, because you do things a little bit differently there, uh, like you just mentioned. So one, do you mind kind of talking about what that is? And two, have you ever like lost customers because they just didn't fit your pricing model? Um, the second question, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And but I think also um because I'm uh older, more seasoned entrepreneur, I guess, it's really okay when people tell me no. And it's also okay for me to tell them no. And everyone's happier probably at the end of that deal anyway. If we know up front, like, okay, Lindsay, if your personality isn't a good fit for us totally fine. I can handle that because it's way better than being in a six month relationship with someone and then like not enjoying my sense of humor or something. Right. Um, and so yes, revenue is important, but I'm in a privileged place. That's not the end all be all. And I can say no to people and people can say no to us if it's not the right fit for their budget. Um, but yeah, so I, I came in kind of like because of my previous experience in the hosting world, I was traveling a lot. I was doing like partner channel stuff. And uh, for all of those like hardcore marketers out there that know about that. And so I was doing a lot of travel and I accidentally missed my daughter's fifth birthday. Um, It was in the middle of the week. And so whenever I planned the trip, I thought, oh yeah, no big deal. I'll be gone for a couple of days and come back. And it was um, her birthday. And I was heartbroken that I had made that um, decision. And so it was just a few months later, whenever I started content journey from that. And so I went, okay, if that's important for me, it needs to be important for the rest of my team and my culture. And so that's really where the productized model came from, because we have very clear expectations on both ends. Clients know what we're going to be doing for them every single month. We also know what we're going to be doing, which allows us the freedom of flexibility of working ahead or putting something off and then getting it done quickly if we're, you know, 
at the birthday party or the graduation or wherever else we need to be. Um, and so I've stayed really firm in that model because, well, now I've taught my team. I think they'd be really mad at me if I changed it. Yeah. On um, in the productized model, how do you manage client expect, let's say client requests when they come in where you're already working for them doing something and now they may have another request that doesn't fit. A lot of marketing agencies will just step and say, you know what? Okay, we'll, we'll do this as a one-off, but we all know that's a slippery slope. So how do you manage it? Yeah, it's a really slippery slope. I think I definitely did better at the beginning than I have later. Cause then you have clients that have been with us for three years that you're like, Oh, I really like working with them. Okay. We'll do this other thing. Um, but for the most part, I have really strong partnerships. And so we don't build websites, for example, right? This is like y'all's world that we're getting into here. Um, and so I wanted to find a really strong partner that I could trust to help handle website builds. And because I spent so much time in hosting, we do not do hosting <laughs> ever again. Um, and so I'm real strong on that one. Um, and so there there are those pieces. Um, eventually, and this isn't the right answer for anyone else who has an agency, but I created another business <laughs> to handle okay. last minute requests and uh, lower end offerings. And so we just launched that this year and it's called My Marketing Assistant. And so it's essentially unlimited marketing tasks for a low price and returned in 24, 48 hours. And it came from those client requests of me saying no, or sometimes saying yes, and feeling bad if I said no to, okay, like, let's just spin up this other thing. And so it's a technology enabled, um, it's an app essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have, we have a separate team over there. So if I have clients on the content journey side that continually ask for last minute things. I'm like, actually, have you heard of this thing called my marketing assistant? And so we have clients that are actually on both sides of that, um, the business. So the moral of the story that I'm getting from that is it muddies the water so much that you're willing to go and start another company to create that clear differentiation. Yeah. This that's company a very does this, synopsis. this service does that. Yeah. yeah which is, it's a really good lesson. Yeah. Because otherwise uh, things get, things get messy. They do. And you, and you want to serve your clients really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that synopsis though, Alex, that's what I'm going to tell everyone is like, I said, yes, so often that my team got annoyed. So I just started a new business. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds really ridiculous. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's easier. It is. Well, I'll muddy the waters up a little bit more because you also have post status, which is another company that you run. So how (laughs) do you do so much? I know. Honestly, do you see these bags under my eyes? Like, um, they're, they're there. I I spent many years um, staying home with my kiddos and really enjoying that time of life and not working. That as soon as I decided that I was ready to go back to work and not just dabble in volunteer projects or dabble in my husband's businesses. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm working pretty hard, but I'm finding a lot of joy and a lot of purpose from that. Um, I still have really good boundaries. I'm able to compartmentalize at the end of my day and go home and, and love on my family. And I don't think everyone can do that. I have great mental health support. <laughs> I, I have good coping skills that like helps me through all of those stressful times. But yeah, we have um we have post status, which is 
absolutely fantastic. We have new partners over there now. You guys might have not seen that announcement. Um, but Yoast and Marika of the SEO plugin Yoast. Um, it's like that's how you pronounce his name in English. It's actually spelled J-O-O-S-T, but in the English language, we would say, you know, Yoast. And so that's why they named the plugin mm-hmm. that. Um, they've been friends of my husband and I's for years. And they sold the plugin to um, uh, EIG, which is owned by like Bluehost. And no, Bluehost is owned by EIG. Um, Endurance, okay. something, right? Um, so anyway, so they wanted to spend their time doing things. And so they came in as equity partners. And we just announced that last week. So this is my first time saying it on an interview. Um, but we're really, really Very lucky cool. to have our friends um, over there at Post Status now. So see, it's not as much because I have like lots of help over there. We have a good team. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that um, one of the ways that you were able to build content journey so quickly is through your large network. Can you talk about that startup? How to, so you decided that I missed my kiddo's birthday, never again. And what, three months later, you have content journey. And then three months after that, you're at 35K MRR. Can you talk through how that happened? Yeah, something like that. It, it really... Um... <sighs> I wish I could be like, I hustled and I had a plan and I wrote out a business plan and it like came to fruition and that, that isn't how it happened. I wish it did. So I could tell other people like do these things and it'll work for you too. Um, but I leaned into our network. I leaned into um, going to more local events um, at the time. I'm just being like, like 1 million cups on zoom, like I'm going to mm-hmm. be there and WordPress meetups and like all of that stuff. Um, but we'd been doing that for years. So, um, my husband, Corey Miller and I, we'd been going to work camps and business conferences and we're part of the Oklahoma chapter of EO. So entrepreneurship organization. So we had like these rela- relationships that we've built for a long time. And I just started telling people what I was doing. Oh yeah, I'm leaving this company, starting this new thing. I'm doing it differently. And um, we built the website, put it out there. And then like a conversation that I'd had three or four months before was like our very first client um, that just kind of came out of the blue. Like, hey, remember that thing we were talking about with SEO? I'm ready for that now. And I was like, good thing. Cause I'm ready too. You know, and I was like in my kitchen, like, I'm not ready. Um, And then once that kind of like snowballed into everything else. So we went from, you know, no clients to five within just a few months. And um, a few of those original five are still with us. How do you, how do you get clients now? Like what's the main way of getting clients now? Well, we we're very much like eat your own dog food kind of company. And we also aren't looking to scale to a gazillion dollars. Um, so I think that's two pieces, right? So I know we want slow growth. We don't want fast growth. And I also know like when too much is too much because I remember I don't want to miss those birthdays. Um, and so we are really cognizant of that. Um, so we SEO content, we're posting on socials, like nothing special. Um, just kind of like checking the box of social media a little bit. LinkedIn is a major driver for us for like, not necessarily cold outreach, but kind of. So I stay really active there as my social media platform of choice, I guess. And then um, still referrals. So we constantly have current clients sending business friends of theirs over our way. 
you may have kind of said a little bit, but the question is, you know, why not try to scale to a gazillion dollars? Um, you know, I think when people get into business, especially when, you know, at least I'll go to my mind when I was younger, I was like, you know, I want to be the richest person in the world. I want to create the biggest company and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, why not have that mentality? I, it, I say this so much, but I, I think I do I hope I am self-aware enough to say it every time I need to, but it comes from a place of privilege, right? I have, I have a a spouse that's successful. Um, and we're definitely in like that second stage of life thing where, um, we've kind of hit some of those markers previously. Right. Um, so there is that. Um, and then the second half of that is I do want to continue finding joy in work because I do find joy in work. Um, I find purpose and I find drive and I love building team and creating a healthy culture, you know, um, with the people that we have that work with us. And so I have also never really managed people until this, not really, you know, like I've been part of teams more than anything else. And so, ah. I think like having 40 employees or something really scares the shit out of me. Um, And I honestly am not sure I'd be very good at it. I think like having our small teams and these little clusters, like that's, that's great. That feels manageable. Well then taking yourself out of the manager role and, you know, you said you worked in teams before, what have you seen not work in teams and, you know, how does that shape how you build a healthy culture now? Yeah. Great question. Okay. So I actually just saw this thing on Instagram. This is how it used to be NPR for me, but now I don't spend as much time in the car because I'd always be like, I heard this thing on Mm -hmm. NPR. And now it's like, I watch this video (laughs) on Instagram. Um, I'm not like the cool kids on TikTok. I'm way too old for that. I'm like the old lady on Instagram. Um, But anyway, so I saw this thing on Instagram where um, Nordic countries specifically, like all those ones that end up on like the happy lists um, in their work life, are they not only do they not work as many hours traditionally, um, but there's a culture of trust between employee to employer and back and forth. And in really the only job I've had, to be honest, right? Every time other time I've worked for myself or worked with Corey Miller. Um, but the only other job I had, there was no trust. There was a lot of micromanaging. There was a whole lot of, you know, you need to be here doing this thing. And um I don't know. I had my own ideas that I think could have worked and and paid off really well, but there was so much like talking down and Mm -hmm. managing that way instead of allowing for autonomy and um, trust. And so I definitely do that. I think there's a difference in managing and leading. And I think a lot of people around me that I've seen do a lot of managing and I like to do leading. And so we talk a lot about even peers on my teams, like we're leading with each other. We're working with each other. No one is being managed. And, um, but I think that's like, especially when we don't know what we're doing. So we think we're supposed to do right. Is like, here's how to do step-by-step. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know. Everyone has their own way of working towards success. And as long as we're building each other up, I think it works a whole lot better. I, um, I think we could do a whole nother episode on, on just that. And I'll just say for like a second, you know, I was in a similar situation and what I realized started happening is, you know, I'm very entrepreneurial. I love giving ideas. Like they don't, they don't have to be great ideas. Like let's just get ideas flowing. 
Um, and when they are turned down so often, you almost become conditioned to just like stop with the ideas. Right. And you're just like, all right, I'll start. If you want me to be a robot, I'll be a robot. Like, I don't think that's best for the company, but, um, if that's how you are going to manage it, like that's how we're going to handle this thing. So it's almost like consciously, subconsciously, uh, you get to this point where you're just conditioned to like, not even be proactive anymore. Um, that's a really good point. Uh, just to kind of get into the future of marketing a little bit uh, before we kind of get to our last questions, with obviously so much changing right now, you know, for lack of a better question, what do you? What is your prediction for the next two years or ten years in the marketing field, especially where you're at? Gosh, um, you did not prepare prepare me for predictions. Dr. I know Alex. that was the one thing we didn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're like, let's see how good she is on her feet. Um, no, I, I think that. In order to be successful, no matter your industry, you just have to always be innovating and you always have to be like looking at the next thing. And so we're talking about it. I, I hate mentioning it. I get annoyed every time, but we're all talking about AI. Um, but, you know, it's been around machine learning has been around for a really, really long time. Um, and we forget those pieces. But I do think like we were using AI inside of content journey two years ago. Um, so like barely baby little business and people were already talking about it to speed up our processes. And I think it sounds so basic because it's not really the future, but I think that we just have to constantly be as agency owners, as marketers to like, not only stay on the forefront, but just like also focus on our basics. And like, that's how we go further is to say like, yeah, we might be utilizing AI, but why are we utilizing AI? Is it because we're speeding up a process and taking our costs down in order to like feed that back into our team through salaries and benefits? I hope so. I hope that's the future of marketing and how people are running their agencies as being more um, generous to teams and utilizing technology in a really proactive way that continues to... Um, I don't know, help society. There you go. Like that and help their teams out. And so, um, yeah, just staying on the forefront, staying on all the things. AI is going to take us into all kinds of sorts of directions. I hope we keep some of our discernment though and <laughs> of our own brains and not completely trust the machines quite yet. I, uh, I was just going to say, I want to work with you. Sorry, Alex. I, I was getting <laughs> last questions. Do you have any other questions? Um, Okay, so on the front of innovating, what are some what are some of the risks you've taken in content journey or in marketing assistant that either worked really well or absolutely flopped? Like what are some of the unexpected innovations that you tried and how did they work out? Oh yeah, that's really it I think for me, oh gosh, we've tried all sorts of things. Um and as far so for I'll I'll use a my marketing assistant one. Um, so we before everybody was talking about AI had integrated AI into the app. Um, her name is Dolly Dolly Parton. She's our patron saint. Um, and for Dolly within my marketing assistant, we created recipes. So it's like prompts. Before everybody was calling mm-hmm. them prompts, we had like recipes on the back end, um, just for our assistants to use. And um. <laughs> I did a not very great job of translating recipe to when that comes back as, and you know, this would have been three, I guess, or even before three, 2.7, um, when we first integrated it and, um, people were just like copying and pasting and putting it in there. And it went out on a couple of client things. Um, 
Thankfully, they were beta clients. They were getting a great price. And so everything was able to be okay. But it was like a real bad um, beginning of that, of just being like, okay, let's take this. And it was like Zapier because they didn't have their API. So we're like zapping Mm. into Excel sheets and stuff. And the team was so excited about the easy button. They were just like copying and pasting and Mm. not really reading it. So that was definitely some failure um there but we've improved on that now um and it's in the dashboard now and we've like integrated other checks and balances um and then something that before before you go on i think a lot of people get held up on setting up something new and rolling with it because of potential issues like that so can you talk through how you how did you work through that? Right. So like there's a moment of embarrassment where it's like, oof, we, ouch, that hurts. How do you walk through that with a client? Like whether it's setting expectations or what you do afterwards, how'd you handle it? Um, yeah, definitely tuck your tail between your legs in a really big way. Um, but it's always just being honest and being like, Hey, before you see this thing, I saw this thing. Hopefully you see it first before your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's just being honest and apologizing. I don't really believe in a lot of excuses about things in life. It's just very much, um, I'm sorry. Um, what I've said, and this is what I told the team, because you know they weren't very proud of their work either and like what had transpired, um, is it's okay to make mistakes. Our mistakes tend to be very visible in marketing, which is also like a little... Side note to that, um, mm-hmm. it's okay to make mistakes. And if we don't have clients that can forgive us for not being 100%, 100% of the time, then they don't deserve our work and they don't deserve our time and attention. I don't tell that to the client necessarily, right? Like, if you don't mm-hmm. forgive us, you don't deserve us. Um, but I definitely go in with that mindset of like, we really effed this up. I'm sorry. And here's what we're going to do to make it up. And so in some cases we did like another free month or we provided extra. Oh, I think for one of them, we wrote an entire ebook because we had a, a misspelling that went out and it was like, it was not good. It was not good at all. It mm-hmm. was like derogatory misspelling that accidentally went out. Um, and so for mm-hmm. them, we write, wrote a whole ebook. We're like, hey, how about we do this thing for you? Which like a 4,000 word ebook, um, totally bespoke to your brand. And they're like, that would be lovely. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving us for that thing. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a combination of all of that. Um, being honest, being upfront, saying sorry, and then also not being afraid to make it up in other ways. Right. At the end of the day, it can all be fixed. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's great that you have that mentality moving forward because it allows you to innovate and keep growing these, these businesses. Yeah, absolutely. We can't awesome. be afraid of failure as entrepreneurs, right? Like wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you just even being open to, to telling the story. Um, a few questions that I ask towards the end, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? Oh, all about the monthly recurring revenue stuff. Um, definitely creating that from the very beginning of the business instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to do marketing and then come back later and then kind of try to retroactively change that. It freed up so much in in our business and my brain and the stress of worrying about the next month. So it's 
for me, all about the recurring revenue model, whatever that happens to look like. It doesn't have to be in content or SEO, obviously. You can do it in a lot of different ways. Um, And I think that, yeah, it's been magic for content journey for sure. That was perfect. Um, How can you work with other marketing agencies or what services can you partner with other agencies? I love working with good people. I, I like to have fun. I think I've said that. So how many times did I say that, Josh? Did you count how many times I've said fun today? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Love the transcript. <laughs> right. She said mental health 41 times. She said se- fun 17 times. What's more important to J- this lady? Jokes on you. Alex's software <laughs> will actually find that out. So <laughs> oh, see. Okay. Thank you. Well, let me know. Let me know which words I say the most. Um, anyway, yeah, I love working with good people. I like having fun and I like helping other people succeed too. I think that this world is vast and there's so much business to be had, no matter the industries we focus on or the work that we do. And, um, you know, all tides lift the boats, right? Kind of thing. And so I work with people that are competitive. Um, to me, I work with auxiliary services. I do all of that. If if we align in goals and values and can trust each other to do great work for the clients at the end of the day, there's a lot of ways I'll work with people. Um, we do white label services, Content Journey does. So we work with a lot of other marketing agencies that don't do SEO or content or they don't do it the way that we do. Um, and so we have special like white label pricing so that they can resell our packages as if it's their own package to the client. And so we've processed that out so we can just kind of like get all of these questions answered, bring it back to us. And then I have a few that actually want me in on sales calls with them. So I'll meet with the client as a member of their team and Mm -hmm. just come in and answer questions. And then we get going and it just, you know, increases their recurring revenue. We lower our prices enough that they can do that. Um, and then our team is still taken care of at the end of the day. So that's a that's one way to directly work um, with us. Perfect. And uh, by the way, I also hear myself repeating myself, like, especially when you do so many podcasts and someone will like finish up this great thing that they said and and like, you know, you want to stay there, but you want to move on. And I say, love it. Oh, I love it. And, okay. and now, now I hope like anyone else that hears this in the future is going to be like, oh my God, he's just, he's just putting like a placeholder there. Um, so like I try to come up with like new transition words and everything. Uh, usually I just pick, oh, I love it. And then I'll just, get the next question. right. I do. Like, I'm, not, I'm not lying. It's not just like, I do think it's a great answer, but all right. Wait, so I hear you. Um, are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Um, we are hiring on the, my marketing assistant side. So that when I said, I'm like, we're very focused in our growth at content journey. My marketing assistant is, um, scaling currently. And so for that side, we're, um, looking for assistants and specialists. So anyone who has a specialty in one of the tasks that we offer, um, yeah. And always open to it. And for content journey, I would say this, we are always looking for writers. We have a pretty bespoke writing team. So it's one of the things that we do, as we know with SEO, you can't just be like, oh, this marketing director wrote this post. You have to have like an author and a name, especially as Google's stuff has transitioned. So we have writing teams of professionals with varied backgrounds. Um, They may not even be always writing the content, but they might just be approving it and getting paid to have their name on it. Um, And so we do that for 
various industries. So if there's anybody who wants to either write or review content for some of our clients, we're, we are always looking for those roles. Love it. Actually, Josh, before you go into anything else, um, <clears throat> can you talk more about that? I I haven't heard. So I'm out of the SEO world. Up, so we focus on development, but that's the first time I'm hearing about that. Is that something new with, with Google's algorithm that they track certain authors, even on other website posts? Yeah. So it's more about this like extra E. So instead of it just being like the EAT, it's now EEAT. And so Mm. I've thought of it as like a horse race a little bit. Microsoft is going into open AI and Google's like, I see your AI, but I want extra human. Um, And so one of the ways that because I think of content and SEO is like, we got to talk to humans and we got to talk to robots. And so one of the ways of speaking to both of those personas, if you will, are making sure that the people who are authoring your content actually have perspective and things to say. And so if we're working with a mental health facility, we're finding internal people like who here has um, the most experience with addiction and drugs or which one of these people is most with substance use. And then we make sure that they're reviewing the content, even if my team's writing it and mm-hmm. their name is going on it and their author post. We work with a, a journaling app. And so it's a lot about mental health. And so we have um, various people with counseling credentials that write their posts and review their posts. And like Google goes, oh, experts are talking over here on this website, mm-hmm. then we need this content to be promoted, right? In search results, because we know that it's accurate, high quality, people are actually mm-hmm. going to read it. Um, but in some ways we are talking to the algorithm with that, even though because of the process, it's better content too. And you actually right. are learning something. It's not just, oh, let's write this blog post as quickly as we can. It's like, no, a licensed mm-hmm. counselors writing that, and they're going to give you good advice on how to use journaling for your mental health. Very interesting. That makes sense. And the um, each, do you connect? Obviously, each author is connected to their post because they're they're the author of it. Um, do you help companies also build that author page? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I definitely think it's part of the technical SEO pieces is that we're talking about the author, we're giving a great bio, it's connected to that author's LinkedIn, which Mm. is connected to their place of work. And so all of those signals pay, like play a part in all of this. Um, So yeah, that's part of our assessing and setting up the right way so that it's working like it should. That's very cool. And in a lot of other examples that we've seen of companies providing content services as a productized service. It's just the content. You need content created, come here. But it seems like you're also within that productized service offering the strategy and actually fully understanding SEO, technical SEO, and all the changes that are coming along. Absolutely. I think those content agencies are awesome. And honestly, I think... I originally was like, okay, yeah, I could do something like this. Like audience ops, like that he was in uh, WordPress for a long time um, and watched what he built. He sold it to new owners since then. Um, and I'm not sure if they've incorporated SEO or not, but it was just like, let's have one conversation and we have your content created for the next quarter. Mm-hmm. But because I had been so into the SEO world for as long as I had, um, I can't not integrate it. 
Like I would like to not because then I could like lower our prices and like content would be so much cheaper, but it, it, they have to work hand in hand. And I just haven't been able to separate my brain out to be able to just do one without the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge benefits to your clients. Yeah, I think so. That's why you can look at our stuff. We have like all those up into the right graphs for a reason. <laughs> um, and speaking of authors, last question is any books, podcasts, or newsletter recommendations? Oh, okay. I, I'm i all about Patrick Lencioni. Have y'all read his stuff? Oh gosh, like five, five or four obsessions of an extraordinary executive, five dysfunctions of a team. And then yeah. they just came out with their newest thing. Yeah, so it's like... It's so good. I honestly, I'm like yeah. a fangirl um, of their work. And like, we've incorporated their um, latest little widget thing right into the, into all of our teams too. So it's easy if you don't like to read business books. Um, great listening ones for that same reason. Um, and then podcasts. I mean, obviously this one, um, we do some really Corey Miller and then another guy named Corey. <laughs> It's like called the Corey and Corey podcast over at pod, uh, post status. They've been building a product live. So they've been doing like a meeting every week and they build a product and they talk about marketing and like, how is this going? How are they getting customers? Um, I wasn't listening to it at first. Um, and then I saw them do these really awesome business cards and a hilarious website for their product that they created. They called it OMG IMG. Anyway, I saw those kind of things. I'm like, I'm not paying attention to this. Um, but then I started seeing what they were doing. And I was like, this is awesome. And they're talking about it live and coming up with it. So then I went back and listened to some of the podcast episodes and watched one of the YouTube. Really fascinating and help people think through their own processes by like just listening to them do it live like that. Um, it's kind of fun and different. Yeah, I, I don't want to say too much about it, but we are brainstorming things on our side that might be similar to that and and we're too mm -hmm. much in the brainstorming stage for me to try to say anything which i know is too much of a tease but um i'm glad i'm glad it worked and you went back and listened to because hopefully you know maybe season three will have something a little bit similar yeah. but, um, I, I will say cool. since since um you're running um post status um that um and that's a wordpress community so anyone listening here who wants to be part of a great uh wordpress community check out post status um, we want to create a community here um, for all the alum that we've had on the show. We have a great resource and a great guest that we've had on the show that are marketing agency owners. And one of the questions that we've recently just started asking, which you answered so beautifully, is how do you work with other marketing agencies? Um, and so we're going to use those as snippets for the community as part of everyone's profile of sorts, right? It's still like fuzzy. We haven't figured it out. But we may ping you for some advice at, um, since you do such a great job with post status. Yeah, I'd love that. And I'd love to be a part of the community. Like the more I can connect with people, the better. So that's fantastic. Good for y'all. Awesome. Perfect. And as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah. So contentjourney.com is the website. LinkedIn is Lindsay Ann Miller with a-N-N-E Miller. You can find me there. That's where I spend most of my time. And then uh, Twitter is the, or X. I, I'm not going to call it X. I'm <laughs> sorry. Twitter is uh, Lindsay Miller WP. And so I'm on all of those places. And yeah, I'd love to hear from people. 
Perfect. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality of guests. And as always, thank you for listening. Lindsay, I thought this was amazing. I loved every second of this. Thank you. Great episode. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.